We've discovered that we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a physical body. If you want scripture on that, it's 1 Thessalonians 5.23, where it says, The very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So in our hearts, we're brand new on the inside. Say it with me. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I am his workmanship. And I am complete in him. Christ is in me. And I am in Christ. And I have been redeemed. So on the inside, you're brand new. But guess what? Your body's the same old thing. And that's why he tells us to present our bodies to God as a living sacrifice. Amen. Holy, acceptable to God, which is our reasonable service or our spiritual worship. When you give your all to God on a regular basis, when you crucify your flesh and you keep your body under like we're instructed to do in the word of God, that is well-pleasing to him. It is an act of worship. You coming tonight and lifting up your hands after a full day of work and maybe feeding the kids and taking the kids to school. It's an honorable thing unto the Lord. And you lifting up your voice and lifting up your hands, even though you may not feel like it, it is a spiritual worship unto God. Amen. And then, of course, our mind needs to be renovated, if you will. Just like this building was renovated back in 2006 and 2007, there's some renovation that needs to take place in our mind. There's some things that need to be pulled down and moved yes. out. Amen. That's why it tells us to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring it into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Be transfigured by the continual renewing of your mind. And how's that done? It's done through the Word of God. The Word of God is perfect and it converts the soul. When you welcome the Word with an, in, with a, a, an open heart, you're receiving the implanted Word and it's able to revolutionize, restore, hallelujah, and renovate your soul. Is that good news? So let's talk just a few more moments tonight about the soul. You know, your soul, which is made up of your mind and your will and your emotions, is the primary tool we've got to communicate with this natural world. Your five senses have been given to you to navigate in this natural world. And the information they collect is fed into your soul to process. Is that correct? Yes. And so that's awesome and that's great until your senses... Disagree with God's word. That's right. And here's what we need to check ourselves on. We cannot afford to allow our mind to believe everything it feels, sees, hears, because your senses report natural facts. But how many of you know they are subject to change? Your senses are subject to change. And that's why he tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18, he says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Amen? Amen. Feelings are fickle. Senses can go up. Senses can go down. But the word of the Lord remains stable. The word of the Lord endures forever. All flesh is as grass. But aren't you glad tonight that the word of God endures forever? So if you will build your life on the word of God, your heart will be fixed. 
your heart will be steadfast. So it really doesn't matter what may be going on around you or even on the inside of you, because you know, thank God, that when faith, you're trusting in Him, and He will cause you to overcome. Am I looking at a group of overcomers tonight? Well, let's shout it real loud. I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. And I overcome by the blood of the Lamb. So basically what we're saying is the Word of God needs to be final authority in our life. There's a danger in being flesh ruled. There's a danger in being carnally minded. Paul warns the church at Rome and he says, For to be carnally minded is death. It produces death. But on the other hand, to be spiritual, spiritually reminded, when you're renewed in the spirit of your mind, that produces life and peace. And I'm all for some life and peace. How about you? Life and peace is a whole lot better than death and worry or fear and anxiety. So then we must control our mind, regulate it, and keep it in line with the Word of God. You control your mind. Don't let your mind control you. Amen? So when, you, when your thinking then gets lined up with God's thinking, your life will then get lined up with God's way of living. In fact, what you think on is eventually what you will believe. And what you believe is what you will say. And what you say is what you will have according to Mark eleven twenty three. Amen? Say it with me. I can have what I say if I believe it in my heart and say it with my mouth. If it's based on the Word of God and based on the will of God. Amen. So, most people's problems begin right here between their ears. And on the other hand, most solutions start as we renew our mind with God's Word. And I'm not talking tonight about the power of positive thinking. I'm not talking about mind over matter or mind science. What I'm talking about is replacing your thoughts with God's thoughts. Amen? Amen? Because God says, if you change your thinking, you can change your life. Say it with me, if I change my thinking, I can change my life. Now let's see what Isaiah says about it. So turn now. And that's kind of a quick introduction. But turn now to Isaiah, the 55th chapter, and let's look and feed on verses 8 and 9 for a few moments. Isaiah, the 55th chapter, and verse 8 and verse 9. I just want to say this before we read this. People look at this verse, and they think the gap between their thoughts and God's is about as wide as the gap between heaven and earth. Now notice with me, let's read verse 8 and 9 together. Ready? Read. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Now look at verse 9. Let's read. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Oh, man. How can, how can I tap into that? Well, look at Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11. It says this, For as the rain comes down... Was there some rain that came down in the Bay Area this week? How many of you saw the light show? We live out in Union City, and man, we had a light show. I was so glad to hear that they were bowling up in heaven. I love it when they go bowling in glory. 
It feels so good. It reminds me of my hometown in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Man, we had some thunderstorms. And it was awesome. You know, Brenda, who's not here tonight, I benched her because she's got a little sniffles and so forth. But she grew up in Oklahoma and they had a cellar. And someone asked her the other day, how much time did you spend down in the cellar? She said, we spent a lot of time down in the cellar. You know, that's Thunder Alley down there. Flying cows and flying pickups. Y'all remember that, right? Now look at verse 10 and 11. It says, for as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and does not return there, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall be my word that goes forth from my mouth. It'll not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that what I please and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. What is God saying to us in that verse? Well, one of the things he's saying is this, is my ways are above your ways. My thoughts are above yours as far as the heaven or above the earth. So here's what I've done to help you. I wrote down my ways and my thoughts in the B-I-B-L-E. Now, replace your thoughts with my thoughts so that you can think like me. And before long, your ways will become like my ways. Isn't that good news? And so then, and, and this is... Uh, uh, one of our signature messages that you will hear throughout the years. And Brenda and I have been here 35 years. One of our signature messages is make sure that you're feeding on God's word on a regular basis. Amen. Until it changes the way you think and your spirit will grow strong enough to take and change the circumstances around you. And you will gain the mastery of what the enemy throws your way. So that's enough then about spirit, soul, and body. Now, we're going to switch gears and we're going to talk about the development of our inner man. The development of our spirit. So I guess that's talking about spirit. How many of you know that there is absolutely no limit how well you can hear from God if you can develop and train your spirit? And these are... These are bases that must be covered because all of us want to hear from heaven. All of us need wisdom for our daily lives. All of us must be led by the Spirit of God in this day and in this hour. We're not to be head-led or crisis-led or emotionally-led or money-led or fear-led. But you and I, as sons of God, as heirs of God, as joint heirs with Jesus Christ, we are to be only spirit-led at all times. Raise your right hand and say with me, in the name of Jesus, I desire to be always and only Spirit-led, led by the Spirit. So as we train, as we develop our spirits to follow God, listen guys, there is no limit to your potential in life. We're limited by nothing. After all, doesn't He know everything? And where does His Spirit live? I think if we would stop ignoring Him and start acknowledging Him more, come on somebody, we would find out more and we would follow the plan of God. So a successful Christian life, a successful Christian walk, is not only learning good Bible messages, 
But it's about developing this inward man. It's training, developing the human spirit. When we get that done, everything else in our spiritual walk will work better and it will be easier. Now, we have higher learning institutions in the United States of America. You know, just think right here in the Bay Area, you have Cal Berkeley, right? What's that other school in Palo Alto? There's Stanford University. There's San Diego State. Down in San Diego, there's UCLA in L.A. There's USC. There's uh, Chabot Community College. There's all sorts of great learning institutions in America. And I believe in education. I believe in educating our minds. But what I don't believe is educating our minds at the expense of our spirits. You won't go to colleges and schools like that. And really, most theological seminaries, you will not hear a lot about how to be led by the Spirit of God. You will not hear a lot about developing and training your spirit. But that's the real you. That's the real me. If anyone ought to be trained, if anyone ought to be worked out and exercised, it's this man on the inside. Amen? Amen? And then physically, you know, there's some great gyms around. There's 24-hour fitness. Right? There's, what, there's, uh, there's city sport. There's club sport. What else? Crunch, whatever. <laughs> Been a while since I've done a crunch. <laughs> crunch sounds nasty. I like to crunch popcorn. And I, I like to crunch food. <laughs> but there's a lot of places that, you know, you can work out. You know, that thing in the garage that you keep your laundry on <laughs> that wasn't intended to be a fixture in your in any way but it's good to develop your body it's good to watch what you eat now you can go crazy with anything you can go crazy with exercise you can go crazy with diet now i believe that the key to the physical life is moderation and it's balance you can overexercise, you can overeat, you can undereat, you can underexercise. There's balance. But my point is, is there are a massive amount of people in America that go to gyms. And uh, you go there and, you know, you see these guys looking in the mirror. I did that today and I wasn't impressed at all. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I, just, I wasn't impressed at all. I sweated a little bit. Man, that guy next to me was Rocky Balboa or Arnold Schwarzenegger, whatever. But here's the point. It's good to do something with your body. It's good to exercise it. But we should not exercise our body and neglect our spirit. Our spirit, man, is so important. It is the real us. Out of the heart of man flow the issues of life. Out of your inward man flows faith. Out of your inward man flows love. Out of your inward man flows the fruit of the recreated human spirit. Amen? So what do you say we learn a little bit, if not a lot of it, about how to train and how to develop the human spirit? Amen? Anybody interested? Good, I thought so. All right, let's turn to Proverbs chapter 20. Let's look at Proverbs, the 20th chapter, and we'll look at verse 27. Man, you guys are really good listeners. It's an honor to preach the Word of God to you tonight. 
Somebody says, well, you know, not a lot of people showed up. I don't see that. I see by faith the whole place full. Amen? Glory to God. In Proverbs 20, now in verse 27, it says here, I got to get there myself. Proverbs 20, 27, the spirit of man, what is it? The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. And what does it do? Searching all the inward parts of the belly or the innermost being. Let's keep that scripture up here just for a moment. Now, of course, that was written many, many years ago. Modern day terminology, we could say it this way. The spirit of man is the light bulb of the Lord. Or the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. It is the candle of the Lord. That means that God will enlighten us. God will guide us by his Holy Spirit in our spirit so that we can be on the right path for our life. Amen? And so then we need to train our spirits so that we will become, so that they will become rather safer and safer guides. Amen? So there's four principles, actually five principles that I want to go over. And we're not going to go over all of them tonight. Probably just going to get to the first one. But there's some principles we want to take a look at, we want to talk about, and we want to think about. These will help us to train and to develop our spirit. Number one, the development of your spirit comes by meditation in the Word of God. Number two, the development of your spirit comes by practicing the Word, by being a doer of the Word. Amen? Say with me, I'm not just a hearer, but I am a doer. I am a doer. Of the Word of God. And don't you know that the doers of the Word of God are the ones that get blessed? Amen? They get blessed in their doing? Not only that, but the doers of the Word of God, when the storms arise and the floods come and beat vehemently against our house, it can't shake it. Why? Because we're founded upon the rock. And the rock is hearing the Word of Jesus and doing the words of Jesus. Amen? So I'm ahead of myself again. Number three. By giving... The word of God, first place. Given the word, first place. Number four, by instantly obeying the voice of your spirit. Number five, and by praying in the spirit. Let me go over those again because I see you're taking notes. And I kind of got to get a little slowed down for the African journey coming up and the teaching there where we're going to be teaching several hours a night. But again, the principles are this. Number one, meditation in the Word. Number two, by practicing the Word. Number three, by giving the Word of God first place. Number four, by instantly obeying the voice of your spirit. And number five, and this is a real important one, by praying in the spirit. Somebody says, well, I don't pray in the Spirit, and I don't know what praying in the Spirit is. Well, we'll teach you what that is, so that you can do that. Amen? Amen? So let's look then at meditating in the Word of God. A spiritual mentor and a spiritual, my father, father said this. He said, the most deeply spiritual men and women that I know are those who give time to meditation in the Word of God. We cannot ever develop spiritual wisdom without meditation. 
You know, Paul praying for the church at Ephesus prayed that the eyes of our understanding would be flooded with light. That God would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Amen? But that wisdom and that understanding comes by the entrance of His Word that gives us light. Amen? Amen. And how many of you know, when the lights go on, you're able to see? You're able to see. Amen. So, here's what God did. How many of you remember a guy by the name of Moses? Okay, question tonight. Was Moses responsible for Jericho's walls to fall? True or false? Did Moses call down fire from heaven and licked up the altar at Baal? Was that Moses? No? Was Moses the one that God used to split the Red Sea? Yeah. Moses was quite a man of God. He had some things to overcome, but thank God he got there. And you may have some things to overcome. Amen? That's what overcomers do. They overcome. Moses overcame some serious inadequacies and insecurities that were lodged in his mind and lodged in his soul. Yet God used Moses to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt, hallelujah, over on the other side of the Red Sea. Amen? That means there's hope for us. Glory to God. So, like all men of God, should Jesus tarry, like all men of God, men of God run their race. Men of God, women of God, finish their course. Amen? And so there was a, there was a time for Moses to go the way of the Lord, just like there will be for you, just like there will be for me, unless Jesus comes first. How many, how many of you are afraid of death? I'm not. You can't be afraid of death when you know what's on the other side. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Hey, glory to God. Amen. People that have been to heaven, I'll guarantee you. And I'm not selling a suit from Men's Warehouse. I guarantee you, they would not want to come back. If given the choice. But Moses, God spoke to Joshua. And Joshua was very faithful to Moses. He was extremely faithful to Moses. Wasn't he one that lifted up his hands? Wasn't he one that stood by Moses' side and served Moses faithfully? And so, you know, Moses was very much respected and was very much looked up to by the Jews. Not so much by Pharaoh's bunch. (laughs) But God came along and he says, Now Joshua, Moses, my servant... He's dead. He's gone. He's with me. He's finished his race. He's run his course. And now I'm calling you to stand up and to be courageous. I'm calling you, Joshua, now to be a spokesperson and to lead my people into the promised land. But then along with those instructions, he gave Joshua some very specific things that he needed to do. Now look at Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. Joshua 1 
and verse 8. He said, now Joshua, Moses is dead, but I want you to be strong. I want you to be courageous. Know this, that I'm with you. I'm on your side. I'll go before you. And here's what he tells him. Joshua, this book of the law, they had the law back then, right? Okay. How many of you know we've got a better covenant? Come on, somebody. We got a better covenant established upon what kind of promises? Better covenant, better promises. So he says to Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Another translation of that last phrase, and then thou shalt have good success, is literally, and then you will be able to deal wisely in all the affairs of life. What he's telling me, you do this, you'll see some things, you'll be able to do some things you never thought you could do, and I'm establishing a pathway of success, so just follow very carefully my instructions. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! How is that pertinent to you? How is that pertinent to me? we got a better covenant established upon better promises. Yet the principles are the same. If we were to read it in New Testament language, we could read it like this. The Word of God. Say it with me. The Word of God. Shall not depart out of my mouth. And you just go right on, right on, down through that verse. Amen? Now... If God didn't want Joshua to be prosperous, why would he tell him how to? If he didn't want him to be successful. I mean, if he wanted Joshua to fall flat on his face, he would have never given him the keys and would have never shown him the pathway to be able to be a success. And that's the same thing with you, and it's the same thing with me. If we ever want to do anything great in life, how many of you know we serve a great God? And I believe all of us can do, should do, and I believe that all of us are doing great things. You've got to qualify what great things are. Amen? Being a great grandma, being a great dad, being a great mom, being a great friend is a great thing. But listen, if we ever want to do anything great in life, if we ever want to amount to anything in life, We must take time then to meditate in the Word of God. Somebody says, well, I I don't have time to do that. But not only that, Pastor Mark, I have no clue of what meditation is. Well, that's why you're here tonight. We're going to teach you. So I said, well, now I, uh, I I don't have an hour to meditate in the Word. Do you have five minutes? Amen? I mean, at break time, get yourself some scriptures. Go out in the car if you have to. To borrow a southern colloquial word, go in the commode if you need to. That's what I did. I was 24 years old when I got off drugs. And man, I'm telling you what, I had a 16-year-old boss. And my first job was working at Ginio Turkey Company in Wilmer, Minnesota. It was quite an experience. My second job was... And it was an upgrade. I was a chicken fryer at Kentucky Fried Chicken. 
Hey. I knew how to whip together some coleslaw. I knew how to do the extra crispy chicken and the regular chicken. I'm telling you, I knew how to do potato salad. But I had this 16-year-old boss that was demon-possessed. So I had my little Gideon Bible, PT. Oh. I had my little Gideon Bible, and I'd go in the bathroom, and I'd open that Bible, and, and I'd just pray. And I would just find me a verse of Scripture of comfort. And I'd find Scriptures like, love never fails. I'd find Scripture like, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So I said, yeah, I'm going to think about that. I'm going to meditate on that. I'm going to talk that way. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to talk myself right into believing it. And I'm going to talk myself right into living it. Come on, somebody. So let's look at God's principles, if you will, to success in Him. Meditating on God's Word is a key to living a prosperous life. Now, what is meditation? Meditation (laughs) is not what Hare Krishna used to do. Remember some of those guys? Little rabbit tail on her head. And they would go, oh. And you, you had to get in contact with something outside of yourself. Well, outside of themselves with demons. And I had a truckload of them, and I didn't want them anymore. I was saved and filled with the Spirit. So I just passed the Hare Krishna right up. So... Transcendental meditation and, you know, emptying yourself. Now, that, that, that's not biblical meditation. We're not to empty ourselves. We're to be filled with the Spirit and filled with all the fullness of God and filled with the Word of God. So there's not room for anything else. To meditate is to dwell on something in thought or to turn it over in your mind. It also means to ponder, to ponder. It includes the words... To mutter, to ponder the word of God throughout the day and throughout the night. It is to think on the word. The word of God, he says, shall not depart out of thy mouth. What this is saying, talk the word, but meditate therein day and night. The Hebrew word translated meditate also carries with it the thought to mutter, to mutter the word, to speak it to yourself. If you want to deal wisely in all the affairs of, the li- of life, it'll happen because you spent time meditating in the Word and walking in the light of it. I love it. I love it. Sometimes I'll just lay on my bed and have my Bible open. And I'll just look at a scripture. And I'll just say it to myself. Over and over again. And then just praise God. Thank you, Lord. You said in your word, by your stripes, I'm healed. You said you redeemed me from the curse of the law. And then I'll just go over it again and again and just begin to mutter it, speak softly to myself. Rotterdam's translation says of Joshua 1.8, thou shalt talk to thyself. You've got to be 
a person that is willing to talk the right thing to yourself? Huh? What words are you saying about yourself? The words that you say about yourself should be the words that God has already said about you. Get, get to a quiet place. Amen? Put your iPad away. Put your iPhone away. I had quite an experience today with someone texting on the road. I'm so glad I'd been in the presence of God. Because if I hadn't, I might have got in the flesh. Anybody ever gotten in the flesh? It's like maybe yesterday or 3 o'clock this afternoon. <laughs> Meditating in my word will build a capacity of faith for you, saith the Lord. Meditate ye on my word and let the love of God soak well in your spirit. And when you're faced with adversity, the love of God shall come forth and you'll not fail, but you will be success in life because the love of God on the inside of you will always prevail. Hallelujah. That's what the Holy Ghost is saying. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Saturate yourself in the Word. But not only in the Word. Saturate yourself in love for Him. Praying. Loving Him. So the experience I had. (laughs) Wow. I was coming home. And uh, this is uh, where our street where where Butch and his wife are. Your wife is our house. (laughs) And so I'm going down here. And I'm fixing to take a left, right? Because I want to get into our driveway. And here's this guy, no kidding, right in the middle of the intersection we should be turning, texting. (laughs) Texting. And and I was dumbfounded. And I, I looked. And I didn't know whether to turn or whether to burn. Because I didn't want to turn and all of a sudden him be aware of what he was doing. But he was aware of what he was doing. And so I just run through a troop and leaped over a wall. I made the turn. But he was so obsessed with his gadgets. You can get so obsessed with what's around you. You can get so full of yourself that You've got so many friends on Facebook. (laughs) And they just commented on the taco I just ate. (laughs) And oh boy, I must be somebody. If we get our I must be somebody from a gadget or from anything in the world other than the word, it's time to relook at the book. (laughs) Come on. Now, I don't know how we got off on that, but we did. And I'm not going to apologize. Take some time. Somebody says, I don't have time. That's a lie of the devil. You have time. You have time. You have time to meditate. Listen, you can meditate while you're driving. Just keep your hands on the wheel. I mean, don't say, Jesus, take the wheel. No, you got the wheel. (laughs) Right? (laughs) You've got the wheel. 
But you can commune with him every day of your life. He said, by day and by night. Somebody says, does that mean all day and all night? No, come on. We don't want to get religious. We don't want to get into a thing where we, ha- we get, uh, I don't know what word I'm looking for, but we think we've got to constantly, constantly, do, 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 do. Constantly praise, 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 praise. Like robot praise, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. No, our walk with God is out of relationship. And it's out of communion. And it's out of love. Okay, well, I think we're doing pretty good. So a path then has been made for you to lead a prosperous life. A lot of people are wanting God to make their way prosperous. But God said, you make your way prosperous. I've provided the way. I've given you the ability to deal wisely in all the affairs of life. And I've given you my spirit. I've given you the sword of the spirit. Now it's something that you can do. So in closing tonight, I want to give you three words. Everyone say hear, Hear. see, and do. So let's unpack Joshua 1.8. Number one, hear, hear. Meditate by talking to yourself. Amen? One translation does not use the word meditate. Instead, it was translated, talk to yourself day and night in the word. And here's what happens when you do that. Faith comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? Did you not know that Christianity is called the Great Confession? So hear yourself. Speak God's word. Number two, see. See. Let's pull Joshua 1.8. It's up there already. Book of the law shall not depart of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Now notice this next phrase. That thou may observe to do according to all that is written therein. Let's read that together. That I may observe to do according to all that is written therein. I think another good word for observe there is that I may see something. The Word of God paints pictures. And it gives me the ability to see because the entrance of His Word has given me light. And when you and I spend time in the Word of God, folks, you're going to see some things you've never seen before. You're going to see and glean some wisdom from Jesus who is your wisdom. And He is going to make very clear to you some things that you need to see. Comes through meditation. That you may observe to do. I've written here in my notes that you may see what you've never seen before. Enabling you to do and to seize what you've never done before. Say that with me. That I may see what I've never seen before. Which enables me to do and to seize what I've never done before. What this is, is, is it seeing yourself with what God's word says is yours. We must visualize God's word. Words, God's word, paints pictures in your heart. Your imagination, if you will, 
is a God-given tool to help you achieve success. How many of you know we've all been given an imagination? What did God give us an imagination for? For the purpose of forming images of God's Word in our mind that will enable us to develop a blueprint for a prosperous future. If you can see yourself do something, you can achieve it. Isn't that right, Justin? Did you not see yourself doing that triathlon? Or was it a triathlon? You did a triathlon. Did you see yourself doing it? Did you train to do it? Did you finish it? How did he do, Michelle? He did good. Is that the first one you've ever done? How many of you have done? Four. Okay. So you didn't just show up and say, here I am to do the triathlon. <laughs> no. You trained. You went through the process. You went through some pain. But my question is, you must have some way, somewhere, seen yourself do it. How many of you are seeing yourself doing something? that God's put in your heart. Yes. Amen. Amen. That's a blueprint. That's right. Don't stop meditating on God's Word until you can see yourself doing what the Word says you can do. See yourself as a success. Your imagination is a tool that you use to forcibly bring an absent object before your mind's eye. And too often, people use their imaginations for the devil's purposes instead of God's purposes. How many of you know that nothing under God's grace and under God's will and under God's word, how many of you know that nothing will be restrained from the person who uses his or her imagination, and acts on the images that they see. Imagine. No, I'm not singing John Lennon tonight. You know, imagine all the people. The whole world's never going to live in peace. Right? You know, I preached Sunday morning a message called, What's Going On? How many of you remember the Marvin Gaye song? From 1971, what's going on? Brother, brother, there's too many of you dying. Mother, 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 oh, there's too many of you crying. We got to find a way to find some loving. Here today, what's going on? <laughs> tell me what's going on. Come on now. I'll tell you what's going on. Jesus is going on. The word is going on. Revival is going on. Healing's going on. Miracles are going on. Jesus is coming back. That's what's going on. War is not the answer. (laughs) 
Oh, boy. I was in the middle of that whole thing. Long haired out, doped out, making peace signs. I didn't care about peace. All I wanted to do was get loaded. That whole thing was a lie straight from the pit of hell. Hallelujah. But thank God, Jesus is what's going on. <laughs> Amen. Thank God. I, I'm thankful I came tonight. I'll preach myself happy again. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I might just go home and sing my girl to Brenda. Get that little lean going on. You know what I'm saying? All right. Imagine. Hallelujah. Raise your hands and let <laughs> Lord, wash our souls from that display of ignorance, Lord. Say it with me. I plead the blood in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. I know Dee Dee was with me. I know you. I know you're with me. Amen. Imagine means to have a thought, devise a plan to consider, to purpose. It means to consider, to fix your thought upon, to devise What are you seeing? What image do you have of your life? What blueprints are you working on? I see myself the head and not the tail. I don't see myself broke, busted, and disgusted. I see me and I see you healed, prosperous, blessed in the city, blessed in the field. I don't care what the devil has to say. We're standing on God's word and it is going to go God's way. Stand up, everybody. Let's give him praise tonight. Hallelujah. Pastor Tom, can you come to the piano? (laughs) Say with me, I see myself the head, not the tail. Listen, folks, once you get the blueprint of heaven... The blueprint for your life. Heaven's going to show up. And it's going to become a partner with your diligence to bring some things to pass. Everyone say hear and see and do. That you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. We must look for ways to apply God's word in our daily lives with actions that correspond to God's word. Faith without actions is dead. Meditation in the word will enable you. Glory to God. To fulfill all the will of God. Next week, we're going to start on three ways to meditate in the Word of God. Let's raise our hands and just thank Him for what we've heard tonight. Let's just pray a little bit and praise some tonight. Precious Holy Spirit, move up and down every aisle. Strengthen, Lord, I pray. Fill with your Spirit tonight, Lord. Where there's been despondency and hopelessness, where there's been discouragement, even, Lord, when there's been symptoms of sickness and disease, We corporately rebuke that in the name of Jesus. And we say be strengthened and be healed.
There is an undeniable presence in this place tonight. The presence of God is the anointing of the Lord. The anointing is what Jesus was empowered with when God anointed him with the Holy Ghost and power. When he went about doing good and healing those that were oppressed of the enemy. The Bible says that the anointing, it destroys yokes. It destroys yokes of discouragement. It, it destroys yokes of mental torment and confusion. The anointing lifts and blesses and cleanses and purifies. So it's a wonderful opportunity tonight. We have a, I tell you, we've got a room filled with faith here tonight. But a room also filled with expectancy. So tonight can be your night to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It can be your night to be healed. It can be your night to be lifted. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Say it with me, for the Lord is so good to us. For the Lord is so good to us. And his mercy endures forever. Good night, everybody. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you Sunday.